TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 462, and I'm Libby, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. This is Tom. I'm executive director of screenwriting at Azusa Pacific University in Los Angeles. Hi, this is Yusan, a costume designer and TV enthusiast calling from Los Angeles. Yay! We're still alive! Um... <laughs> So let's start off with the news. First up, Katie Keene, which was the Riverdale spinoff, has been canceled at CW, which is weird because I thought CW renewed everything. Did they like go back and cancel that? That's it. Anyway. They were um, because it was a mid-season replacement. That's probably what the, the loophole was. Okay. Uh, Fallout, which is a video game, pretty famous video game, is now going to be turned into a TV series at Amazon. And the showrunners will be the creators of Westworld. So that's Jonah and Nolan and Joy, I believe. So and Jonah Fallout, Nolan, Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy, his wife. Yeah. So Fallout, I've played, and it's post-apocalyptic. You're stuck in a vault. You wake up in a vault thousands of years after or hundreds of years after the world has ended. You come out, and you're trying to figure out what the heck is going on. And it's a survival game. It's a role, it's an RPG survival game. So I'm kind. There's not that much plot. There's some plot. So I'm kind of interested to see what they do with it because it could really be interesting. Um, the Kaminsky method will end at season three on Netflix. The Great has been renewed for season two on Hulu. Yay! 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 Never Have I Ever has been renewed for season two at Netflix. Curb Your Enthusiasm has been renewed for season 11 at HBO. Ozark will end with an expanded split season four. So they'll do like, they're going to do more episodes than normal and they're going to break it in half. So, yay? Well, at least there's an end to the story. (laughs) I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, well, this this felt organic. You know, when it ended uh, this last season, I thought, really, they should have one more season and call it quits because I think they've gone as far as they can. Really, and I think they story. must have heard and, you. And it looks like they are. Yes, yeah, yeah. see? I have psychic powers. <laughs> All right, Tom, do you have uh, news? I have a lot of news. ABC has scrapped its 30-something else pilot and Brides, Brides of Dracula pilot. Oh, I wanted to see Brides because wasn't that with uh, that had somebody in it for Brides of Dracula? There's somebody I wanted to see in that. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, um, AMC has snagged U.S. rights to Gangs of London, which is a hit on Sky in the UK. Uh, it was supposed to be on Cinemax, but it's going to AMC. So somebody just waved a lot of cash <laughs> at Sky. Um, Priyanka Chopra Jonas has signed a first look TV deal with Amazon. She was on Quantico on ABC for several seasons, and then she's, she just recently married Nick Jonas. Apple TV Plus has announced that Kristen Bell will no longer voice the mixed-race character on Central Park. And this Why? this started off a slew, because she's Anglo, playing biracial. And well, I Titus mean... Bur- yeah. Titus, 
But one half of but one half of mixed is white. I know. I, I was know. like, I'm not as I don't have as much an issue with that. Well, basically, yeah, th this is a thing in animation now. Basically, any animated series that has an ethnic character, that character will be recast to be played by an ethnic actor. This include this includes Apu on The Simpsons. Right. This includes Cleveland on The Cleveland Show. Cleveland like, wasn't a black dude. That makes you sense. didn't know that. I don't Wait, watch Cleveland. Cleveland was half. Cleveland I, I, was half. No, C Cleveland was played by a white dude. Was I, yeah, yeah, I never watched way. Cleveland, so I had no idea. I think we're getting a little carried away with this because does that mean we should have, you know, um, uh, uh, Lauren Bouchard who does uh, Bob's Burgers and Central and Central Park? He has guys playing women. I mean, Bitsy is played by exactly. Stanley Tucci. Yeah, which is yeah. part of the that's part, part of the humor. That's part of the humor. Yeah, yeah, but you know, and, go ahead. It didn't bother me on Central Park because you have an Anglo mom and a black dad. And you have one kid play, played by a black actor and one kid played by a white actor. That, that doesn't scary. bother me at all. Yeah, yeah but doesn't bother I, me even I, a little. I don't know. I, I didn't read enough, far enough to see if this was Kristen Bell's idea or, or Apple's idea. But I think we're going to get two characters. Does this mean only straight people can play straight characters? Does this mean only gay yeah, people no, can play gay characters? Yeah, no. But here's the thing. And I said this a week or two ago. I don't know. if I think it was off off uh, podcast. But we had this exact conversation. And my point is. Animation is the one place where you can truly cast racially blind. So, like, mm -hmm. are we saying that, like, white characters cannot be voiced by a black actor? Because that's not fair. Do you know what I mean? Like, I would love to hear Idris Elba, like, say a lot of things, you know, coming out of an anime. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, record him. No, that's I mean, come on. I don't care what he's playing. He could play a dragon. He could play a white dude. Like, whatever. Just uh, I, I see. Yeah, let's rest of the news keep going okay yeah. there's a lot more uh chris miller and phil lord have set the murder mystery comedy the after party at apple tv plus and there will be eight episodes each episode will be from a different character's viewpoint bet has renewed the 20s a lena waith comedy for season two cbs all access has set star trek lower decks premiere for august 6th which is the thursday thursday's basically star that's trek. the car that's the cartoon right yeah, yeah, it's animated. Uh, speaking of which, SpongeBob movie Sponge on the Run is going to go to premium VOD next year and then go straight to CBS All Access. So bye-bye theaters. Comedy Central has ordered a Beavis and Butthead reboot. <laughs> and, oh, and a big, stop. huge deal for Mike Judge. Fox has renewed The Great North for season two before it premieres mid-season in 2021. Uh, HBO has greenlit a miniseries starring Mahersha, Mahershala Ali to play boxer Jack, Jack Johnson. Um, Hulu has greenlit Conversations with Friends series from author Sally Rooney, who also wrote the book Normal People. MTV is rebooting the animated series Clone High. NBC canceled can, canceled Council of Dads. Oh, Brooklyn, Brooklyn, you liked it? I never watched it, but it just sounded like a cool title. Oh, the pilot was terrible. Okay. Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine has scrapped the season eight episodes that were already written in light of everything that's going on with uh, in, in the real world with law enforcement. And uh, Terry, uh, Cruz. Terry is saying that this is a good thing. Um, NBC has also ordered a social distancing comedy connecting from a team of writers that worked on Blindspot. They've also ordered Debris. And wait, wait, wait. Blindspot. And 
the, they're Blind now spot is a drama, but they're yeah. doing a social distancing comedy. Don't ask. Okay. It's NBC. Because <laughs> right. I was like, that does not seem right. Okay, continue. Um, NBC has ordered, given a series order to Debris, which is an alien spacecraft drama. Netflix has bought Aaron Sorkin's Trial of the Chicago 7, which was supposed to go to theaters, but is no longer. They've cast Leslie Manville from Phantom Thread to play Princess Margaret for the final season of The Crown. Cobra Kai Season 3 is moving to Netflix from YouTube because YouTube is getting out of the original programming business. They have greenlit Colin in Black and White, a scripted drama about young Colin Kaepernick from, uh, from executive producer Ava DuVernay. Black, hashtag Black AF has been greenlit for season two. Lucifer season six is officially a go. Showtime has moved the James Comey miniseries from after the election to before the election because the uh, executive producer and the, the cast and crew were not happy about that. And then wait, wait, wait. Award, why, why are they not happy? Because they wanted all this dirt to come out about, I would presume why they, they want all the dirt about about what was going on behind the scenes to come out before the election instead of after. Okay. Uh, the SAG Awards is going to be on March 14th, which puts it six six weeks before the Academy Awards. And I think we might have talked about it previously, but they officially confirmed the Golden Globes are going to be on February 28th, which is also the deadline for Oscar nominations. And that's it. Whew, now take a breath. All right. <laughs> Let's start talking about the shows. First up, we're going to talk about Perry Mason, and uh, it premiered last week, and... Two weeks I, ago. Two weeks, that's what I meant, two weeks ago. So it's, we've, it's aired two episodes, and I'm going to give my opinion really quick, which is not a full opinion, and I will say that up front. I did not finish the pilot. I got Aww. about 30 minutes into the pilot, and I kind of got bored, and I turned it off with the full intention of going back and finishing it, However, that did not happen. So my my main issue why I turned it off was that the Perry Mason that I remember was in the courtroom. He was a very, you know, put together guy. And this version of him didn't feel like the same person to me at all. And I used to have fun watching Perry Mason with my mom when I was a kid. And so I had fond memories and this just didn't feel like the same show at all to me. So I bailed. But you guys can convince me that I bailed too early. Go for it. It's the origin of Perry Mason. Yeah, yeah but he was so different. He's not even like... you. I don't even see the path to where he becomes the Perry Mason that I remember. I see a bit of... I see the tenacity. Yeah. I'm a big Matthew Reese fan. I've been a big I Matthew like that. Reese I, fan I do too. like the actor. I, I, I've I been a Matthew Reese fan ever since Brothers and Sisters, even though I had to stop watching that show because it just got too ugh by the end. And then on The Americans... I think it's a crime that Carrie Russell never got an Emmy because she was as good as him, if not more, because she is playing so against type. Mm -hmm. And because he's a Brit, we haven't typed him yet, whereas for many people, she's Felicity forever. (laughs) But I like him. I I think he's an interesting actor to watch. I think the decision to set it post-World War I, so he basically has what we now call PTSD. Back then, they called it shell shock. Right. So he's just he's just trying to get his life in some semblance of order. But the cast is strong. I mean, oh, yeah. I love John Lithgow. It, is a, it is a strong cast. Tatiana Maslany yeah. is yeah. in we, this. She's we amazing. haven't seen her that much. Uh, Shea Wiggum's in it. So I'm in. I, 
I'm over, just side note, especially since I just started Dark, so I will mute so I don't get spoiled since I'm starting season one and y'all are on season three. But I'm kind of over any procedural crime, legal, whatever. I'm missing our dead kid. Can we come? There should be a moratorium. No more dead kids or missing kids to start your series. <laughs> it's just so tropey. Well, you know what I thought is... was interesting about this, though? And I, I know it may be unfair, but... Um, there were so many different themes, including that one that that it shared with Penny Dreadful this year, um, including they they there is a specific kidnapping story, kidnap and murder of a mm-hmm. small child, and it's really it's they they actually uh, got closer to the real details of it in Penny Dreadful. It was a, a young schoolgirl, and here they used an infant, but the the mutilation of the body was the same. Um, so they were they were really kind of calling back to the same trope, and a lot of the themes that that they did, you know, the the uh, Amy Semple, Semple McPherson mm-hmm. alike character that they have in this, you know, and then the corrupt church and all of it, and setting the thing in Los Angeles during the Depression, um, and so many other little things were the same, and yet I just it it, it may be unfair, but I think. Perry Mason handles everything so much better. Yes, um, it they, it really does. It it just kind of shows how weak, in comparison, um, Penny Dreadful was juggling mm-hmm. the same themes, and 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 also I got the 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 general feeling of the depression happening in this, which I didn't get from the other one. That's very very obvious and very much present in in Perry Mason. So I have a feeling of the era and the place and everything that they do. First it's it's a gorgeously mounted production. Uh, the production design is amazing. It's fantastic looking and the details that they have. And uh, you know the thing is I grew up with Perry Mason. I definitely grew up with Perry Mason. I mean I saw it when it was first run which really dates <laughs> me. Um, me too, Alice. Yeah, so you know we're the old crowd um but yeah i i see this even though he's very very different certainly from what we saw with raymond burr this -hmm. is supposed to be an origin story and i can see where it's going his mentor is is an old lawyer and he's part of his team and i i can see where they're gonna build up to the point where he kind of takes over his practice um, so I, I, I'm in it. I, I think the characters are fascinating. The acting is amazing. Superb. Okay. Do you recognize who's playing Della Street? Um, the it's Juliet Rylance. Right. Do you remember what she was on that we used to talk about a lot? I don't, and I kept looking at her, and I still haven't because I, I didn't bother to look it up later. But it bugged me that I kept recognizing her, and I couldn't place her. The Nick. She was Cornelia Roberts. Ah, uh, yes. With just, just, she's got her natural hair color now. But Guys, like, let's wrap this one up, though. Go ahead. It, it's good. And it drove me crazy the first episode. So when I saw her day, it was like, ah, that's where I know her from. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's got a great cast. Highly recommend it. Have no idea where it's going. Yeah, but it does, it does build. I will say, yes, it is a little bit slow to start. And especially if you're looking for the old Perry Mason, you're not going to find it 
in in these in, in the beginning episodes but the show itself definitely gets better and especially when they introduce uh tatiana maslani's mm-hmm. sister alice that is just Ooh. i mean oh crazy town it's played by Lily taylor who's also awesome mm-hmm. yes all right oh, immaculate cast all right uh so maybe i'll give it another shot i would recommend do All right. it. <laughs> All right. Next. Do it. Do it. Thank you, guys. Next up, we're going to talk about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And I have to say, I, would, I didn't even know what to make of the whole, let's kill Coulson again. Like, I love, <laughs> I really love the conversation that he had with May, though this May is really weird. Like, she has no emotions, and I don't even know how to deal with her. But I did like her comment to him, which was like, I'm not grieving for you again. She's like, you know how many times I've done that already? And I was like, oh, that has been a lot. And then I liked that he was like, dying is my superpower. And then I I was like, wait a minute. I was like, wait, is he about to? And then he killed himself, blew himself up. And I was like, okay, so they told us already, don't grieve for him. Okay. And his superpower is that he always comes back. All right. So let's see that happen before I get angry about it. <laughs> so um, I did like this episode. They had a, a lot of good stuff. I like Sousa in the episode. Um, and well, We're, we're going to talk about both episodes, right? Sure. What was the other one? Yeah. The other one. Great. What happened to the other one, Tom? Go ahead. Oh, no. Well, I mean, these, these, the, the past two episodes are in the, set in the 70s. So the first one, they're trying to thwart this, basically, uh, Project in- Insider. The, the, yes. the MacGuffin, the MacGuffin from Winter Soldier, basically the it the gets chronic, made early by the, the Chronicons or whatever. Right. The, the evil, ro- the evil future robots were, get, <laughs> were giving that tech to Hydra in the seventies instead of in the instead of in the teens. So right. they have to stop the launch, and uh, it's great because Suze is now part of the team. Right. for hopefully Yay. the rest of the season and uh, that was cool but the second part of the episode where they, they're they trying to rescue Mac's parents or, or sorry the second half it, it's kind of a two parter because we, we're still in the 70s right? and I'm glad we used Patrick Warburton a little bit more in part two than in part one but the big the big goal is to you know thwart Hydra and save Mac's parents and then, just before the you know climactic oh, moments of the episode, no! May <laughs> touches Mac's dad and informs him. Um, yeah, they're robots. They're robots, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was just devastating. Oh yeah, evil, evil, evil you robots. You didn't know? You didn't guess? Because I did. Oh, whatever. I, I suspected <laughs> that it could yeah. be. But the way well, they and then I it, hoped it was only one of them at first because yeah, it's like the dad. The I was like, they, well, the mom was probably will probably be fine, right? It, no, <laughs> no, no. But that was uh, just so devastating. So somebody was like, so whole... Mac is going to grow up as an orphan. Yep. So I just, oh man. Yeah, but if he grows up as a is if he grows up as an orphan in that moment, like, shouldn't he have like? felt differently in his body or his like emotions shouldn't he like all of a sudden be like why am i so sad like like well, at some point i mean i don't understand well, time know, no their time travel is really loose i mean we've we've it's got marvel time travel yeah it doesn't make the, the, the sense we have back characters the running around BS, so yeah we have we have characters running around who shouldn't even exist anymore like yeah. Deke. 
like um, <laughs> and and so yeah the fact that he can remember his original timeline rather than having all his memories changed you know it's like i whatever i don't know right. um so it's I tiny whiny whiny stuff yeah yes, there's an extra whiny in there so yeah, I, I, yeah you know i I've given up. I mean, I love it when a show does it really, really well. And I feel like Dark does it too well for, uh, for its own good. You know what I mean? But, but that's like a timey-wimey, timey-wimey, wimey-wimey. Oh, wow. Um, but oh, yeah, you're, you guys aren't wrong. I just kind of, for a moment was like, Oh, are we doing back to the future? Are we doing the dark, our dark? Are we, what are we doing Marvel? I was like, I don't know what, you know, are we doing Star Trek, you know, um, timeline stuff. So yeah, I think at this point it's inconsequential. It, like, no, I don't take it too All I care. Yeah. All I care about is yeah. All I care about is Susa decided not to stay because I feel like some point I was watching and it, I thought, oh, is he gonna, is he gonna not rejoin them or something? You know? And then I was like, don't do that. And then no, and maybe I, I even misunderstood. I'm, am I the only one who got a little shippy vibe there between him and and Daisy? I did. Nope. Because I did. There's, there's, he's, you know, they ask there's... him if he wants to get out and he says, no, and he's looking at her and he goes, no, I know where yeah. I belong. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, okay. Yep. Right. Yep. He likes, yep. Susan likes side. him some, Susan likes him some strong women. So yeah. yeah. Does. Yeah, he does. And also, I thought the way he like really responded to Daisy being in peril and like rescuing her, and then awesome. am I wrong? Did I just did I just no, fantasize was... this? Didn't he like scoop her up and like? He totally did. With yeah, his bum leg, like, oh, with his yeah. bum leg, he was all knight yeah, yeah. in shining armor. Yeah. I was totally like, oh, that's totally Pride and Prejudice. I'm in. I'm in. So yes, I did feel that ship coming right into port, and I'm all for it. So all right, we guys got to so, wrap this up. Yeah. We oh, wrap uh, this you know, up. I just want to say one more thing because it was I was just so good. It was last week when they did their title sequence for the seventies. Oh right. And I want to. I mean, they've been having fun with this all the way through. They but that really one was, have. That was a yeah. The, the, the second seventies title sequence was kind of boring. It's like, oh come on. Yeah, That's that the was broken like Earth title sequence. But I mean, the first one was was absolutely magnificent. I was just watching that. I had to watch it over again. I had to stop it. And just watch it over <laughs> I think it I did so too, Allison. I think I did as well. Yeah, no, I I really feel like they are just leaning into it at this point. And, you know, I have my problems with, you know, going through history and blah, blah, blah. But I thought, well, they're just, you know, at this point they're leaning in and they're giving us everything. So I thought that was mentionable as well, for sure. All right, yeah. let's wrap this one up. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Doom Patrol. And I bowed out at season one. The season one finale was so ridiculous for me that I was like, nope, you guys are not getting me again. Doom Patrol ridiculous? Come on, Livia. <laughs> Where's your willing suspension? Yeah, that, that's the opening of Doom Patrol is your suspension. But when you have a cockroach and a rat make out in the middle of the street, I'm out. That was just too much. <laughs> Couldn't do it. Yeah, they lost me. So what do you Allison guys think was, of season two? Allison, you and I were talking via text messages back and forth about our issues with season two, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I love the show. I think when when they're doing just crazy kooky stuff, it's tremendous fun. Um, my And, and see, so your dog even agrees with me. Um, but, uh, but 
my problem with the show is that they just keep getting caught in the same groove and going over and over again as far as the trauma of the mm-hmm. characters. And it's we're into season two now. It's like I, I got tired of that in season one and I kept hoping they'd all pull themselves together and become a fighting unit, you know, a group of superheroes. And I thought when they didn't, I thought, okay, well, but at least by the end of this, by season two, we'll have this going. And we're still doing it in season two. And I mean, I can see like a little bit of of stuff happening with Elastigirl. You know, she's trying to control her powers, but everybody else is just wandering around moping. And and that drives me crazy. So the, when they get to the humor and they get to to them actually doing things, that's fun. But they have got to stop with with the the psychological devastation and and going round and round and round. They they really need to. I mean, yes, they're damaged people. We know that now. Um, let's move on. <laughs> yeah. So. My issue with season two, and I I agree with everything Allison says, and then some. But two big things. One, Dorothy. Bleh. I care not about her, and they've spent so much story time and so much real estate of season two dealing with the Chiefs, you know, uh, monkey-faced daughter Dorothy. And I'm not being mean. That's the whole thing is. But I'm just like, I don't care about her yet. And when you introduce somebody new into an ensemble cast, you need to ease them in, not spend all your focus on them. So don't, not, not a big fan of her. I mean, the, the actor's fine. But the character for me, bleh. and the second thing is, season two totally is missing the levity that an Alan Tudyk brings. And oh yes. As I got, as I, um, I got through the first two okay, and then three, it took me a couple times to get through it, and then I watched four. But I'm like, you know, we really could use Alan Tudyk because everything's so somber and dread. I mean, the thing that made season one so much fun is it was so weird. You had the Nazi puppet show thingy and all that stuff. And this season two so far is just a drag. So, yeah. anywho. So, so yeah. I, you're telling me I chose wisely. You chose wisely. All right. It's kind of, and, and what Allison's mentioning is kind of like the problem with Titans both seasons is, dude, get the... I mean... The thing about Titans is, in the comics, we see them fully formed as a team before Wally West, kid, you know, then Kid Flash, even knows what's going on. And the fact that it's taken too long in two seasons of Titans to see them acting as a team, it's like, dude, we watched the team superhero show for the team, not everybody's individual personal trauma. That can come every, you know... It was uh, yeah, issue- later, flashbacks... It was issue eight of, of the original run of New Teen Titans before we had A Day in the Life. That was the name of the actual storyline where we found out what they did when they weren't fighting, you know, extra-dimensional demons. So I, my problem is the DC, the Berlani people, I don't know if we're under the second tier, Berlani people on DCU or what, but they don't know how to do a good superhero show in terms of pacing, Right. No. you know? No. All right, and it's, it's a shame because there's a lot of potential here. There's I mean, there's tons of potential. Well, guys, we yeah. got to wrap it up. Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Uh, so I would still say thumbs down. I'm going to say thumbs sideways. I'm, I'm thumbs sideways. Oh, come on, guys. Get with the down. All right, next up, <laughs> we're going to talk about The Order. 
and we're going to talk about season Where? two. So we're going to start at the beginning of season, okay, season two, two because before we were talking about the order, we were still in season one. We're going to start talking about season two, and let's talk about the first two episodes: Blondie, Bar, <laughs> Kendall, <laughs> Kendall version of Jay of Jack. Yes, of Jack. Jack. Um, the actor, so the actor's name is Jake. Oh, I didn't even know the actor's name. But basically, at the end of season one, um, everybody got their mind wiped, and it was kind of a betrayal. I did not like the end of season one. So season two starts off with all of the, the werewolves being under mind control or mind wipe by people of the Order who are keeping tracks, who are basically their minders. And trying to control them, which is not easy because they heal really fast and they start getting their memories back and then if somebody uses magic all of a sudden they wolf out mm-hmm. and so it's not as easy as you would think to keep control of four werewolves. Uh, I feel like that should have been obvious and I don't even know why, what's the woman's name who's the leader? What's her name? Oh, Vera. Vera. I don't Vera. know why she thought that doing mind control on them was a better option than keeping the agreement that they made. It's totally illogical to me. Um, because, and it was, as you can see, it was virtually impossible. So, anyway, so the first, the first couple episodes were, were fun, though. I have to give them that. It was, it was hilarious to see Gabby trying to control Jack and be her, vo- like, it was weird. She wanted him to be like her imaginary kind of boyfriend, but not. But she thought he was icky and didn't really want to touch him. So it was like a weird thing where she would be like, "You're we're we're waiting for marriage, but you're really into me." But you know, and I want you to make the cheerleading team. Like what the? Like what is going on? <laughs> what did you guys think of the first couple episodes? I thought they were great. Um, I mean, I I I did an Uber binge on this show. I did. I started. I started season one a couple of hours after the podcast two weeks ago, and I finished season two by Wednesday. Wow, that is impressive. So, in fact, I tweeted that, and Jake Manley liked my tweet. Nice. Oh, really? Huh. So, um, yeah, I don't like Gabby. Yeah, it's well, like, yeah, I, I can see that. Well, you're not supposed to. for a real long time. Yeah, you're not really supposed about. to like her. Yeah, but I just... I can't decide if it's like she's not. Um, oh, why am I blanking on her name from the Magicians? Which one? Who? Which one? Elliot. Oh, and... she's and and oh, uh, Margot. She's not Margot though. She's not Margot. She, she's she's like wannabe Margot. But she's, she's not really because she's so self-centered. Well, I, you know? I can't decide if I don't like her because of the character, or because of the actor, or both. I think it's the character. Yeah, yeah I no, do too. She's... She does. She does get to be a little bit more likable by the end of season two. Right. But um, I just no. Well, I'm, you I'm know, she the in. fact that she and she got a tattoo on that dude. Like I forgot what the tattoo says, mm-hmm. but I'm like, come on, who does that? Like she <laughs> she was the only one who was controlling any of the werewolves that did ridiculous things. She dyed his hair. She gave him a tattoo. She made him try out for cheerleading. It was just like, <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, so I feel like she was just literally trying to screw with him. Um, well, I think I think it's her neediness as a character, frankly, because uh-huh. she is extremely obsessed about about you know having this this 
persona where, oh yeah, she has everything together and everybody loves her and da, da, da. And, and really she's, you can see that she's extremely fragile, you know, that there's something that happened there where, where she, she just, it's, it's a neediness more than anything else. So yeah, she doesn't really like him, but she needs him to think that he's in love with her. Right. Because the spotlight's got to be on her all the time. I can see that. Um, I don't remember how the second episode ended because it's kind of a blur to me. Um, yeah, I know I, I've been the whole thing, so I, I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, we'll update it next time. But the main thing I remember in the first two episodes is they do get their memories back, and they yes. figure out that that the order lied to them and they put a spell on themselves so that they can never be mind controlled be again. mind wiped again right and which i thought was a really nice precaution um and then at that point now they have to pretend that they're being mind controlled so that's really the second episode is them uh going along with the plan because they know that if they don't then they'll have to fight the order, and the four of them fighting everybody doesn't make any sense. So the um, and according to the IMDb summary, the um, the big thing for is this this magical tourist quote unquote who's going oh, to right. have havoc on camp. So and right. that's that's the that's the gateway to the big bad, right? Yeah, of the season. Right. Yeah, I will say that you know when I when I watched the season two. Um, it felt like they were kind of by, by midway through it, I began to feel like they were they were dropping the ball as far as storylines go, and then they picked up the thread again towards the end, and it was like, oh, that's what that was all about. Right. So yeah, it's. I was thinking that they were getting sloppy, and you do get that feeling towards the middle of the series, but yeah, they do actually pull everything together, which I was very pleased with. It was good to see Sam Trammell appear in the in the. Uh... Dream sequence of this. Oh episode. right, because like he had to pick. Him. Yeah, he had to pick uh, whether he was going to be Midnight or Silverback. I personally like Silverback better, so I was glad that Silverback ended up being his werewolf. Um, Silverback seems smarter. Midnight seems like they say cannon fodder. So mm-hmm. I was and, uh, and bloodlusty. Uh, yeah. Leslie Hope, aka. Terry Bauer from 24 directed uh, season premiere. I was about episodes, to say she wasn't in the way. episode. Okay, okay, she directed. Which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's that is cool. Uh, so overall, I'd say the order's pretty good. Like I'm, it's a nice, fun show. show. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice fun I ride. Love this show. And if CBS is serious about casting uh, a, a young Kirk to appear in. Uh, New Worlds in Strange New Worlds. Yeah. He's got the look, but Jake Manley would be a great choice to play Kirk. He's even Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> he is cute and has nice dimples. I'll give him that. Um, but he's got right. the swagger. He does. He does. Have, he could totally play the Kirk swagger. You're right. He's got it. So let's uh, let's start a start a campaign. Start it. I feel start like he's. I, I feel like. Well, I don't know if he's too young, but he's Kirk is supposed to be young. Yeah, Kirk is. He's, supposed in, to be. he's in real life. He's in his late twenties, so he's playing about a decade younger than he really is. But. Oh, okay. 
Alright, so let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Dark. Alright, so for Dark, we're only going to talk the first two episodes, which really I... matter. I said to Libya the other day, Allison, I said, um, you know what, I'm going to just stop caring. I'm just going to lean into the fact that I understand nothing. I'll just watch it for the visuals. And at the end, I'll let you all explain to me what I just watched, because okay. it it's too much. It's too much. Okay. It's a lot. I mean, it is I, a lot. I, kept up with it I, I i didn't it didn't lose me anywhere um except that you know i, I had you need a flow chart to keep you live there actually the there is there is a flow chart i found it online yeah. oh, you can look it oh, up did you okay. yes it's 100 <laughs> percent. when when because i had the same reaction i finished season one and i was like i need a diagram and then i looked it up and i should have finished season two because the diagram was for season two and it told me some connections that i didn't know oh yeah. and so i was like oh crap but it's great because it's visual and it lays everything out. And I was like, okay, cool. Okay, so let the first episode is called Deja Vu. Um, and that is Jonas emerges from the cave, but a different and familiar world. This is Jonas from our universe goes to the alternate universe and he gets brought there by Alt Martha. And it basically, the first episode is a restart of the first episode from season one, but in the alternate universe. So everything is just a little bit different. Um, Katarina's like glasses and smart, and she's not a bully-like character. And every, all the characters are just skewed, and like the staircases are backwards, and everything is just a little different. And so the first episode is really a replay of the first episode from the pilot, but showing what, us how it's different. But showing yeah. us, yeah, it's really establishing how the alternate universe is different from the universe we're used to. And obviously, Mikhail doesn't get kidnapped. Um, and because he doesn't get kidnapped, Hannah is pregnant with Ulrich's baby. And I was like, what? And, and Ulrich has left his wife to go live with Hannah, who he's made pregnant. But then he's cheating on her with his cop partner and i was like dude like dude (laughs) he's now now sleeping with his cousin she's his cousin i don't his partner his partner no i know but legit she's his cousin because we did the time we did the family trees and her and ulrich are, are related because noah because charlotte's father is noah and noah is a nielsen so, yes, they are actually related They're to each other. All related. All of them are them. related. I that's know. Where, that's where the evil comes in. Like the whole Winden thing. I said this the other night. The whole like, why do they keep repeating itself? And what's the blah blah blah? And we won't talk about this, but it moves towards the origin. And I feel like the the point of the 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 message of the series, I think, is because they're talking incest about incest is bad. Is that <laughs> all this? You no, know, but it's all this incestual, you know, birthing of your own children and then having sex with them or their sister or their cousin or something. To be fair, um, none of these people know that they're related. No, no I'm yeah. not saying that they do. I'm just saying that it started a cycle. You know what yeah. I mean? And that's kind of why the universes are in cycle I think because of the cycle they created through the blood you know what I mean so for me I thought um, by this point like I said I don't know what I know and don't know what I don't know anymore I know nothing but 
Um, I do feel like they, to me, they're moving. They're they, what's interesting is they they spend a lot of time. They do a great reveal. They do leave breadcrumbs. Sometimes you can guess them. Sometimes you can. It's fun to kind of guess them. Um, but I do think they do a good job of of getting us to that place. It's not like what? Who's that? You're you're more like oh my god, you know. So. Like, I think they earn everything. I think they earn the reveals and, and, and sure, they earn the confusion. But like I said, I feel the other thing that they're doing really well uh, or, or the semblance of um, sanity for me is getting to that origin point. And for me, I was wondering, like, what is the reason why they are looping and how are they related, the universes and stuff? And I was really interested to hear, see what they were kind of going to say and or move towards. So for me, the first two episodes, and, and, and like I said, by the time you get to the fourth one, it all does sort of, that makes sense to me, and I'm I'm happy with it, because I think it's valid. I think it's, you know, interesting enough, and it isn't, oh, well, aliens, or, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> You know well, what I mean? Know, like, they earned it. So I like that about the show, for sure. For me, for me, when they, when they, you know, all these characters were finding out, oh my God, they are related to all, all to each other in the craziest, most insane way. Um, and I, I started to worry that they were going to get moralistic. The, the, oh, the reason for that all of this is happening is because, you know, there's, they've, they've crossed some, some moral line and, you know, whatever. And then this is the, this is the results of it, you know, and I, that would have been surprising because they weren't going there at all. Anyway. No, they weren't. And I was, I was incredibly relieved that that was not the, the reason, I mean, you know, this is, this is, it, it was just sort of the reason that they were all tied together, I felt narratively, was because it meant that if you untie the knot, everything falls apart. Yeah. Everything falls apart, and all of these people cease to exist. Correct. Be, they, because they can't, which means that the stakes for those who, who want to stop this catastrophe from happening. Um, are incredibly high. I mean, you have to say, not only am I, am I willing to sacrifice myself to become non-existent, but everyone I love, everyone in my family, you know, everyone, you know, in the, in the family of the person who I care about most. I think, are um, you talking ahead? Cause we're still only talking about the first two episodes. Well, no, but what I'm, what I'm <laughs> talking, because no, we, we actually, we know this already because they've already discussed the knot. Um, is, right. and, and, you know, uh, uh, Jonas made the, the sacrifice to, you know, he figured, okay, well, I'm going to just, you know, cease to exist myself that's fine but when you realize all these other entanglements that's what makes this choice so hard and it's not saying okay all this terrible stuff happened because of moralistic reasons the 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 reason all these tangles are there is to make the choice so difficult right and and i appreciated that I really I, I want to split hairs because because my comment was that I feel like it is, but I don't but I like that the show isn't judging them for it. It's just showing that that's yeah. where you know the circle is happening. I want I, mean? I want to talk more specific. You guys are talking wider. I want to right, talk right. specifically to the two right. episodes. Uh, well, let's talk about this. The second episode where they get thrown back to 19, 1888 and I was like, "No, don't give me another time period." <laughs> <laughs> don't do this. What? No, you Where cannot go in every direction. Uh, you know, I was like, if you give me cavemen, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> dinosaurs <laughs> in season four. Don't you give me dinosaurs. <laughs> oh, 
worse. Don't you give me cavemen. So, um, so yeah. So when they went in that direction, I really was a little like, oh God, oh God, oh God. But um, they do again. They do a nice job because then they kind of explain how um, the brother and and you know Magnus. brother is there. Yeah, Magnus. You know. Yeah, because in episode two, uh, season two, there are like adults standing there, and I'm like, what, 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 you know? And then, so they explain that, and then there's that it, pivotal, uh, still confusing aspect of Jonas, middle Jonas, I guess I'm going to call him. Have we seen old Jonas? I don't know. But, yeah, Adam uh, is old Jonas. Oh, duh, 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 duh. Okay, no, I was wondering if there was like a one in between, but hot, homeless Jonas. <laughs> um, <laughs> He is, he is um, unaware. He has not. He does not remember meeting Alt Marta. So, like, you know, as episodes three and four go on, I'm still confused, and I do not believe the show has explained how Jonas doesn't know Alt Marta. So, um, but anyway, you know, they episode two, you know, extends the mystery now, and then you know they're stuck there, and then she basically gives them the the juice or the power to eventually get back and you know so I mean I thought that was as much as I was upset that they gave me another time period it wasn't a waste I mean no there's nothing wasted in this show everything is meant to confuse you and then give you another piece of the puzzle at the same time um, so yeah I mean I think it's it's it has stayed strong for me um, every episode is essential obviously there are no wasteful you know episode you can't in, in, in a, a series like this um, but if you could have like lagging or going down a little bit for me it's just been a, a crazy train ride that you're just holding on to dear life and hope that they you know bring into the station at the end but um, but yeah I liked that aspect except for the part that they I, they gave me another time period to remember but I feel <laughs> like they're going to move out of that I don't I feel like they've kind of finished with that hopefully I don't know I don't <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. We're giving thumbs up for Dark. For sure. Oh, way up. Way up. It's yeah. a brilliant series. It's a brilliant, brilliant show, but you got to bring your thinking cap. Yeah, you can't you don't blink or nod off or anything because you'll you'll and miss listen, everything. Listen, hey, hey, I just I, told Tom I, to come back, so Let's wrap it up. Well, no, no. I was going to say, listen, I heard like a noise in my front yard or something, cats fighting, and I turned to look out the window, and then I came back, and I was like, oh, I'm lost. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap this scary. up. Yeah, this series, yeah. you have to pay 100% attention all the time. Oh, yeah. You cannot do your laundry while nope. you are watching this show. <laughs> This is you not that kind of show. Yeah, especially if you're do, if you're uh, looking at the um, the uh, subtitles instead of just having right. uh, the, the, the English dub. version. Yeah. yeah. But but so we, I, we gave this two thumbs up. It is amazing. All right, let's move on. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Warrior Nun, which I based on the title alone, I had no real interest in watching. But then I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, maybe. And then my brother called me frantically after he had watched the first <laughs> 10 minutes. He was like, oh, my God, you have to watch this show. And I was like, what? All right. So I gave it a shot, and I watched, like, the first two. And then by the time I called him back, he had finished the series. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> he was like, I'm done. It was amazing. And so I was like, okay. So I'd like to talk about the first two episodes of Warrior Nun. Um... What did you guys did? Who watched it first of all? I did. I did. 
Uh, so you both watched the first two, right? Uh, yeah, I'm I watched up to three. I'm up to six. I stayed up real late. Thank oh, you Oh, wow. Because I was about to say, you watched Dark with me last night. Yup. <laughs> and then you just <laughs> crammed through Warrior Nun. But well, we're the thing only. Is, it's so funny. It's so funny because all weekend long, I think for three or four days, I was like, I'm starting none. And then, like, something would happen. Then I was like, I'm starting none. And then something would happen. So finally, after dark, I was like, oh, I, let me just watch, like, one episode. And then I look at the time and I was like, oh, it's four o'clock in the morning. And then I was, like, <laughs> I was like, it's too late. I might as well see the sunrise. Episode number six. Here we go. Like, it just didn't matter at that point. I would have finished it, but I fell asleep on the couch, and I was like, Ugh, all right, fine. I give up. Wow. <laughs> it was fun. It's definitely bingeable, for it is sure. A, it is an absolutely bingeable show. What I really liked with the pilot was the first ten minutes really sets the stage where you have these nuns with shotguns and swords. Like, oh, my God, did they get the perimeter? Blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, what the heck is happening? And somebody's injured, and there's chaos, and they're like, well, we have to remove it. Don't you dare! And then they remove this big glowing ring, and you're like, what is that? It's like, I gotta hide it, blah, blah, blah. And then you just, they're like, we'll just hide it in this corpse, except then the corpse comes to life. And I was like, what is, you literally don't know half the stuff that's going on, and then they just get bombarded, and you see these women just fighting, and I was like, this is amazing. I don't know exactly what's happening, but I want to know what's happening. Uh, and I like that the girl woke up, stood up, just walked out. was like, I guess I'm alive. I guess my legs and arms work. Okay. And you could tell that the ring gave her powers, but you weren't sure what kind of powers. Like, she phased through a wall. And, like, she got hit by a truck and phased through a, a door. And I was like, whoa, what is going on? And so it I love... Like I love the first opening. The opening 10 minutes just had so many things happening that I was really excited by it. Go ahead. Well, I I think the whole first episode, I mean, yes, that was like the action. I mean, I love, like you said, I love that they dropped you right in. But also, unlike Motherland, by the time the episode, first episode ended, I was like, I know so much now. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that really gets you excited for the next episode and the next episode. But I mean, it really is the opposite of Motherland because, you know, it's a, there are similarities in terms of an all female kick ass group of people that are fighting bad and, you know, blah, blah. So the so the comparison comparison is there, you know, it's fair. But um, I do, I, I really, it reminded me, as I watched six of the ten episodes in one go, it did actually kind of remind me of a movie. I thought, oh, if someone was really a good editor and they, you know, kind of, you know, I'm not saying I wanted it to be a movie and I'm not saying it would have been better, but I was like, this is, you know, it, to me a lot of the acting and set pieces and all of it and even the way it was shot. Well, I love that it was action- shot in Spain. It looks gorgeous. I, it's I love it. I love, you know, it's, I said to you the other day, I feel like um, a lot of times we talk about like New York becomes a character in a, in a movie or a series uh, or any city or a city. I really feel like Spain was a fantastic choice. You know, it has that um, ability to realistically kind of give you the monastery, you know, of 16th, 14th, 15th century church located still inside a modern world. In fact, at one point, very close to the beginning, I was confused. And I thought, are they doing time jumps? Is this alternate reality? I thought, oh, you're watching too much dark. But at the same time, (laughs) I had just finished watching dark and I was like, wait, it's bleeding over. No world is safe. 
But for real, I, I thought it was a fantastic choice. Um, it allowed for even as the series goes further, um, even more interesting cinematography. And but like I said, it it it, it lends itself to a texture uh, and a depth to the show that, let's be honest, is a girl who gets you know angelic superpowers. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, and, and it's a teen teen romance kind of a thing. But yet it gave it, like a, like I said, a cinematic film kind of quality to it. Um, also, I, I'll say this and then I'll let someone else talk. Because um, I'm talking about visuals mostly. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff is shot in blue lately and it's kind of depressing. Um, and this, is, you know, there was some blue stuff, but um, this was like shot in amber. And it was very warm and just organic. And it again, it made me feel like I was watching a little bit of a different show and not a complete retread or, or combination of a bunch of stuff. Oh, laughing. And I was going to say, you're gonna, you got to talk about the hottie that you were like, oh, my God, yeah. who's the hot guy? No, now, now I was going to move to characters. Now I was going to. So, yeah, I really do want to talk about this because this is the first time we're talking about the show. So I really want to sell it. Uh, Libby and I were talking about how the lead, who was very likable, very, she very is, likable, yes. very watchable, and a solid to excellent actress. Um, and she plays a role that's annoying, inherently could be annoying, a, sort of a whiny teenager, you know, rebellious, you know, whatever, you know, doesn't want to listen, doesn't want to do. I mean, she has her good reasons. No, nobody's saying she doesn't. But anyway, um, we kept saying, like, does she look like Khaleesi? Does she look like yes, Emilia uh, Clark? Clark. You know? She looks like, like Amelia Clark's little sister. No, but here's the thing. She looks even more like Alicia Vikander. She is like the image she she yeah you do she's she was in um uh she was in that sci-fi movie uh, uh where she plays the robot she was the new she's the new um laura croft and tomb raider she was in I that movie that is. And, i didn't see that Nate. either that is. all right all the things you're saying i haven't that's seen alicia vikander i know yeah, but i'm saying i don't know who that is but i'm saying okay. she looks like amelia clark to me like I, well, she looks wait, like a really just I mean, Amelia Clark's charming too, but yeah, whatever. Exactly. She just looks like no, Amelia Clark to me. No, look it up, Libya. You'll totally agree. Anyway, let me just finish. So then, you know, there's the teenage aspect romance. I mean, in a late twenty, early twenties, whatever. Um, but that's the other thing I really liked. Uh, I, I thought the casting was very realistic in terms of age. You know, they weren't all you know looking like, uh, you know, from Riverdale or whatever. I don't know whatever show there is that they cast teenagers. But I mean, uh, fake teenagers. But anyway, my point is, um, they have a they have a little you know romance aspect to it. So it's a full kind of teen show. You you know, you've got the supernatural and the fighting, but you also have teen angst and you have teen love. And, you know, I looked up that the the, the hottie boy and, you know, he's not too young for me to have a teeny tiny crush on him. So, <laughs> totally respectable. Not gross. Um, you know, he's a guy. He's not that good of an actor, but, you know, does He's charming. Know? He's charming. He's charming and plenty nice to look at. So, And they have chemistry. So yeah, the show started off with a bang, and obviously, six episodes later, I'm fully committed. And I like the introduction in the second episode of a semi-big bang, because obviously they're fighting hell, and they have to fight demons and whatever, but what I liked also in the show is they have this company, this this tech company, that's taking uh, church artifacts that have this divinium or something in them, and they're taking it apart, and they figured out how to make a portal and they think that they're making a portal to heaven, which is why church the church doesn't want them to have it. And the church is like, no, guys, you're making a portal into hell. Um, and, of course, the tech giant doesn't believe in such things. So yes. oh. yeah, that's all pretty cool. 
Yes. Oh, but let's let's add another layer of intrigue, church intrigue, with the you know car, the cardinal. The cardinal? Richelieu, right? Yeah, yeah he's he, and we don't know what his motive. We know that he has another ulterior motive, but we have no yeah. idea what it is. Yeah. So, so it's, it's just it, it ha- yeah, it's layered. It has a lot of different pieces, moving parts. So I'd say this show is definitely a thumbs up. It's so much fun, and once you start, you won't want to stop. It's super addictive. Um, yeah, it's just a fun, like, if you liked Buffy and stuff like that, you're totally, it, this is just with more budget, and it's a better looking show. All right. What did you think? Um, I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a great show. All right, How well, many we, episodes? Well, nothing wanna... else. You've, you've pretty much covered absolutely everything <laughs> you talked about, so but, there's really nothing else to but say. But I want to move, I want to move on because we're running out of time. Um... And we could talk, we'll talk more about it when the next episode is next week, and then Allison gets to talk first. Uh, next up, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about Hannah, and this is season two, episode one and two. And this time, I only watched the first two episodes. So that's all I can talk about. I can't hint at anything else. Um, and I loved Hannah for season one, and I was really excited about season two. Was I the only one who watched it? Oh no! Ah, you guys. I want to. It, I, listen, it, it was either six episodes of Warrior Nun or four and two episodes of Hannah, and Warrior Nun won out. So oh, sorry. Come on. Anyway, this week I will. <laughs> so Hannah basically picks up where it left off last season, and in the first two episodes, they put the characters back in dire straits. So basically they've been running free for maybe six months. And then they set a really super simple trap for the other girl. But I could see why she didn't see it coming. Um, and it's really... So they take the girl that was became Hannah's like best friend and they recapture her and put her with all the other girls who they are now assimilating to infiltrate regular society. So they're giving them assimilation training, having them wear regular clothes, have false IDs, bat cover stories they got to memorize, learning how to use social media. So they're doing all of this so the girls can basically infiltrate society and then go do a hit and kill whoever they want them to kill and then go back to their fake society. Like, who's going to believe a little girl in pigtails just killed a, a, a senator or whatever? So they're doing that with the girls, but then Hannah herself is now trying to find her friends, figure out where they are, and I like that they've now paired her up with basically the bad guy from first season. And I'm not clear, and I want somebody out there who remembers, or you guys, when you watch it, was the bad guy from first season, was that like, did they say that that was like really her mother? Like there was some relationship to her that was kind of unclear to me. So I'm not quite... Because she ends up helping them at the very end. And now this season, she's 100% helping Hannah. Um, so I feel like I lost something in the translation. I need to look this up. Anyway, so season two is started out a little slow. Because they're moving pieces into place. And so there hasn't been a lot of action yet. But I'm interested. I want to see where the story's going. Alright, let's move on. And next up, we're breaking our... Well, it's not breaking our TV rules, because technically it came on TV. We're starting new rules for the COVID era. (laughs) 
That's one way to look at it. Since everyone and their mother, including my mother, watched Hamilton over the weekend, we figured we'd give our review of Hamilton, which is weird because I feel like everyone's giving a review of Hamilton at this point. Uh, but I guess our review would more be about the Disney Plus presentation of the movie version of, of the play. So, what did you guys think? Tom, go ahead. You haven't talked in a while. Loved it. <laughs> Let me just say that, I mean, it's an exceptionally strong cast. And the one person I want to single out, mainly because my previous encounter with Philippa Sue, she played one of the Marine Corps attorneys on The Code, CBS short-lived legal drama. But she plays Eliza Hamilton. And for me she carries the emotional weight of the show because she gets to do a lot of stuff. I mean, she has a lot of musical numbers. There's just three I would I would argue that it was the other sister. I felt more for other sister than I did for Angelica. her. Angelica. Angelica. Why? Angelica. Why? She didn't get the guy she wanted. She yeah, she made but, them but she made them mis- the great guy. She's but she lucky. she I know she, she is. Do but she but. she thought that he was the guy she wanted and she missed she misread him and was like, oh, you're just a gold digger. You're not really interested in me. And then she regretted it for, like, the rest of her life. Except for once he totally, I mean, spoiler alert, he has, he has <laughs> yes, an affair. I know. I understand that. But that doesn't happen. That doesn't happen until, like, several years later. But I, I the whole, yeah, but, I like Angelica. I like Angelica's she, version. When she yeah. comes back. When she right. comes back and he's like, "Oh, you're here for me," and she's like, she's like "Oh no, no I'm, I'm here, here for my sister." sister. <laughs> yes, I know. But I, I just, I had a lot of feelings. I had a lot of feels for her. She just, yeah. she had the unrequited love, and she had the best song. So yeah, I, I was yeah. more on Angelica's side. And I, and I already knew that. Um, uh, why am I blanking on? That? I always blank on that actor's name, uh, Renee Elise. I already knew Renee Elise Goldsberry was awesome, and we've seen her. She she was the special guest that star in the last couple. Uh, that but that doesn't mean episodes. that she does she doesn't get honorable mention because she was fantastic. Let me finish my sentence, oh, woman. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> she was she was the special guest star in the last two episodes of season one of uh, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. But I mean, it's such a great cast, and um, oh, Jonathan Groff totally steals the scene as King George. Oh, that's and, fantastic. And Dovey Dix is just amazing. I mean, that oh, dude can do it he all. Is, he does he drama, friend. he does comedy, he does musicals. It, what doesn't he do? Oh, you know what we left off the list? Snowpiercer. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched Snowpiercer. And I did too. Okay, I'm going to add it now. Go yeah. ahead. But no, it, it's it's a great production. They, they, they filmed three different performances, so you get a pretty good idea of what the show is like live. And Disney acquired this a while ago, and the plan was to release it theatrically in fall of 21. But because of the COVID, <laughs> and because they wanted to, even though they're already, they've already met, they're exceeding their goals for subscribers, they decided to, to, to make it a 4th of July treat for America. This However, year. did you know that if you get Disney Plus on trial, you cannot watch it? You have to subscribe. Really? Yeah. I thought they just got rid of the Disney Plus on trial. <laughs> oh, no. I, I heard that if you do trial, you do not get Hamilton. Well, anyway, it was it was a great 4th of July treat. So I was It was fantastic. Yes, it and was. everyone I know watched it. I watched it with my sister who was in D.C. We synchronized our Disney Pluses, and we watched it together. 
Um, and it was so great to have her commentary uh, while we were watching it. Because she was like, if you have any historical information or facts that you need to know, just let me know because I've studied all of this. And I was like, okay. Um, but it was fun. I mean, I, I I will admit I did watch a bootleg of this and it did not do it justice. This, where you could see everybody's faces and you could see all the moments and everything like this was way better. This was way better. It really got me. I, I think I cried twice. And... Um, yeah, that's saying something yeah. for a musical. Go ahead. I th- I think we've both seen the same bootleg because <laughs> there's one going around that's particularly good. And um, I will say that, you know, getting to see this was just such an amazing experience because the the way it was shot, you still got the feeling of it being an absolutely live stage performance. Right. But at the same time, you got these intimate close-ups, so you could really get a feel for for the subtleties of the performances of the actors. And I, I have to say, um, I, I, although I never saw the show live, the bootleg which was that, that I saw was shot from like the me- first row of the mezzanine um, and even had a few little close-ups in it. And still the feel that I got as far as the performances are concerned was very different with this than than it was that I had with the other one. I remember, um, I believe that it was, it was Leslie Odom Jr. who got best actor uh, for the Tonys. And I remember thinking at the time, well, yeah, because his performance was absolutely amazing. He was like so strong and so great. But when you get this production, and I mean, he's still amazing, but when you get, this production that brings you in close um, I, I've got to say that Lin-Manuel Miranda comes off so much better than he did when when I saw the bootleg because the bootleg, you know, you're far away from him and you've mostly got his voice which is not as good it was not as the great. voices yeah. of uh, he, I mean, he, he does not have the vocal you know, instrument Range. that the other characters right. have um, but when you see him up close and he's so committed to the character and so in the moment, um, it, 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 it becomes a different performance entirely. So I was really impressed with, with you know, getting a chance to see this other side, with getting this, this more intimate um, look at the performances and seeing how that affects how I feel about the characters and about the actors playing them. But it was brilliantly mounted. It was it was just such a a great thing. It's I wish more more stage shows were filmed like this. Yeah, this it was it was perfect. It it got that feel. It didn't try to be a movie. Um it was it was a live production, but it was exquisitely filmed. And they are they do still plan to make a movie version of it. Yeah, no, which will be its own thing, and that's fine. I, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in seeing what they do with a movie version because I feel like, okay, well, we've preserved this, so you know, we've seen, we've seen the the ultimate of what it can be on stage. So I'm okay with you know what they do with the movie. I don't have to feel like, well, people will will only know the movie and it's it, it's crappy and it's not as good as what I saw on stage because this is is now you know preserved. Well, uh, let's let's wrap this one up. It's great. Oh, and I do want to mention one more thing. I watched this with my uh, will be ninety this month mother, um, and she loved it. Wow, go mom! 
Yeah, really. <laughs> she was, I, I wondered if she would if she would really like it a lot because her tastes tend to be a little more old fashioned, and she has hearing difficulties too, and they talk very fast. Um, but she she came away from it going, "This is brilliant. This is great." And so there you go. All right. All right, uh, next up we're going to talk about Snowpiercer, which Tom reminded me we were supposed to talk about. <laughs> so, Tom, why don't you start us off? The last episode we talked about was The Trial, um, which was super depressing and made me not want to watch the show for at least a week. Uh, so then I watched the last two back-to-back yesterday. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, of I, you know, I'm not in love with the show. I like the show. I like the cast more than I like the actual show. Yeah. <laughs> So it's basically we're just we're just moving along and you know one thousand and one cars. <laughs> yes, one thousand and one cars. <laughs> <laughs> moving along. Um I'm glad that they got David Diggs out of out of storage fairly quickly. Right. And then we're on, you know, we've already killed his 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 current love interest. Which... I have to say I did not see that coming. I kind of did because they seem to be putting themselves on a collision course with you can't have everything. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I mean, well, I just figured smaller characters would be because her character is pretty big. Yeah. So yeah, I really, yeah. I did not see that coming. Uh, for me, I, you know, I like, I, I, I have been a Jennifer Connelly fan since she was in Labyrinth as a teenager. I don't think this is a good role for her. She well, I say I say in, I think... in the last episode we saw more of who she is than we normally do. Yeah, Generally I speaking, care. I would say yes, but in the last episode I I, I felt a little more for her. Yeah, but I kind of I I think you need somebody who comes off as more malevolent, like Atilda Swinton, if I remember, who was the big bad of the movie, and then show that she's got a human side instead of somebody who's just oh she's pretty and she's got an Oscar, but. I think to, to for for her role to work, you need. You know what I would do? I would flip um, the actor who played Martha on the um, who played Martha on the Americans. I would put her. In oh, Allison role. Wright. Yeah. Allison Wright. Oh, she's awesome. By the way, I love her. Yeah. But I just don't think the, the you know Jennifer Connelly's a name, but I don't think she's right for this role. Well, I mean, it's kind of too late now, but, you know. Well, yeah. But. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm actually enjoying what she's doing simply because she she does look more passive, you know. And you, and you make the assumption when you meet her that she's, oh, she's going to turn out to be a good guy and, and she'll be on the side of, of the good guys eventually and all of that. And then you, the, you see this other side of her that is absolutely ruthless. And I think it's supposed to be surprising. It's supposed to be... Well, I didn't think she was capable of that, and and suddenly we see she is. So I I think that the that's the part and I of think the that, that, that I think that's also up. part of her character, which is yes. she didn't expect to be in charge. She thought mm-hmm. that Wilford was going to be in charge. She's just an engineer, and she apparently designed the train, which was new information that we just got. Um, and I I like the fact that she's brave enough. Like she's not a coward. Exactly. She's some some things I think she's cowered in, but to see her just dive in, get on a suit, go fix the train, she wanted to do something she knew she was good at. And I think all the politicking and dealing with all the rich people and dealing with all the like she's not used to that. And it doesn't really make as much sense to her and so she's kind of fumbling around with it. 
And I think this yep. last episode really showed that, and I thought that was interesting. Well, it's also a survival thing, too, because if this secret gets out, you know, she's dead. They'll, right. they'll you know, throw her off the train. They'll, they'll you know, kill her in some creative way. And, and then, in fact, it'll be even worse because then there'll be a power vacuum and everybody will be jockeying for position. And you'll have a civil war on a train, which is probably not going to work out that well. Right. And, well, they're um, building towards a civil war right now. Yeah. And, and the thing is that... The, drives me crazy with this story and why I think it worked better as a movie than it does as a TV show is because you know the movie had one storyline it's basically okay the, the train is a metaphor for society and we're seeing a revolution taking place moving from the back to the front and and you had two hours to, to think about that and that's all you really had to concentrate on when you've got a series you're, you start to think about well but how would the system really work oh, you mean, how would <laughs> and, this train actually keep going and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and not not just not just physically, which is absolutely impossible, but even in terms of of the social dynamics on the train, because they're so concerned with with preserving the uh, the rights and the privileges of the rich, but the rich don't matter anymore. They they whatever money they got from them to build the train and maintain the train. It's gone. Society is dead. All that money means, means absolutely nothing. nothing. Right. The people who who keep the train running should be the elite on this train. It's the service people right. who should be the elites on board, not the not the uh, the rich who are useless at this point. Yeah, they serve so, no purpose, right? Exactly. So, just in terms of social dynamics, it no longer works in context. The well, people... I mean, I think that's part of what the revolution is about and what will eventually be the thing that changes. The rich are so used to being in charge and the poor are so used to not being in charge. It has It's a mind shift. So the mind shift has to happen. And I think that's the progress. That's where kind of the show is going. Yeah, well, and if it does, that's, that's fine. But it's like, even in terms of you know from the beginning it's just it's like why would they preserve that system for seven straight years um and also they they've got they they treat wilford like a religion and that might happen after seven generations but seven years i tend to question that (laughs) so yeah all right well i'm still watching Eh, it's okay well w Diggs is still alive in it what else is there to watch (laughs) there's that (laughs) yes We'll get through this, man, some kind of way. All right. Uh, that's all we have for now. I'm, I'm, I guess it's a thumbs upish for me. I'm still enjoying it. It's not the greatest, but it's not terrible. Um, if you guys have any questions or comments, leave them at tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter or on Facebook. Listen to us on goodpointradio.com, Krypton Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Wear a mask.